Hi everyone, my name is Chris and I'm one of the pastors here at Community Covenant Church. We hope and pray and trust that you're all home safe and healthy during this time. And we're thankful for the opportunity that you've given us to, come into your, to really come into your homes this morning and to spend this time together. This morning, we're gonna continue on in a series that we've called Becoming Salt and Light, Making a Difference in Your World. And really, what this series has been has been a study around the Greek word oikos. More than just the popular yogurt, the Greek word oikos, when translated, means household. And really, within the context and the culture of the time of Jesus, it had a much broader sense of community than just the people living within the four walls of your home. In those days, your oikos could include your extended family and relatives. It could include your neighbors. It could include the people that you're doing business with. In those days, they had servants, so it would have included your servants as well. Really, it's, it's what we're calling the 8 to 15 people that you bump into week after week and day after day. For us now, our oikos may look somewhat different. It could be the families that you're interacting with at your child's sporting events. It could be the barista at the local coffee shop as you're grabbing your morning cup of coffee. It could be the cashier as you're checking out with your weekly grocery run. Really, it's the 8 to 15 people that we believe God has uniquely placed in our lives for us to be ministers of the gospel. The 8 to 15 people that God's uniquely placed in our lives for us to share the hope, the love, the peace, and the saving power of Jesus Christ. So this series has been learning different ways that we can interact with the people within our oikos. It's been hearing different stories, different testimonies of how people have ministered to others within their oikos. So this morning, I want to continue with that with a sermon that I've called Step Into the Gap. And I'd like to start by sharing a story with you, a story that's not that far off from one that Pastor Greg shared a couple weeks ago. If you don't remember, Pastor Greg shared a story of going out to eat with a group of friends. And when their meal had arrived, one of his friends turned to his server and he said, we're about to pray for our meal. Is there any way that we can pray for you? I had a similar experience this time of year, about a year ago, this time of year, leading up to Easter, I was out to breakfast with a friend who was also a pastor. And we had been sharing about the excitement of Easter, the excitement of our church services being full, the excitement of inviting people to church. When he did the same thing, our food had arrived. And when it had, he turned to our server and he asked her, he said, we're about to pray for our meal is there any way that we can pray for you? And I remember thinking, oh, wow, like that, okay, yeah, that's pretty awesome. You just, no hesitation, out with it, normal, you know, you're here. We're about to pray. How can we pray for you? I remember thinking, that's, that was really cool. I hadn't thought of doing that. But it's what happened next that really struck me. As we sat there and as we started to listen, she was explaining the struggle of being a single parent, raising a family on a single income. This friend of mine looked at her and he said, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. There's a group of people there, loving people there. 
I want to minister to you. I'd love to introduce you. We have our Easter services coming up. Would you consider coming to one of our Easter gatherings? I remember sinking in my seat at that moment because I realized not only had I not thought of asking how we could pray for her, I didn't think of even inviting her to church. And here we were talking about the excitement of Easter. The thought didn't even enter my mind. I was, I was more tuned in on eating breakfast. So ashamed to admit that. But this friend of mine saw a gap that was brimming with potential and encouraged she stepped into that space. I want to share a story from the book of Matthew, a story that also was brimming with potential and also has a quite literal gap in it. It's the story of when Jesus walks on water and it's in Matthew 14 and it starts in verse 22. It says in verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Jesus had just performed a miracle. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. And he was sending his disciples across a lake. It says that after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. So he had sent his disciples onward in their travels and he had retreated to the mountainside to spend some time in prayer. And when he woke up, he realized that the boat was a distance away in the lake. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is around 3 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. Some translations say, have courage. It is I, do not be afraid. I love this because it's really a story of two different perspectives. From the boat, we have this one perspective of being far offshore, beaten by the waves. It's windy. I imagine there's a lot of pa panic and chaos. And the disciples see Jesus coming towards them. And they don't know it's him because the first logical thing that they can think of is it's a ghost. It's gotta be a ghost. There's no way that's a man. They're crying out in fear. It's a ghost. And Jesus says, take heart, have courage. It is I, do not be afraid. From the shoreline, you have this perspective of Jesus waking up in the middle of the night. He sees the same storm. He sees the same boat, the same distance. But his perspective says, I'm just going to walk on the water. That's how I'm going to get to the boat. There's potential there in that situation for Jesus to just walk out to the water. And he does that. He walks out to the water. Both perspectives looking at the same situation but one seeing it brimming with potential. The story goes on to say 
that Peter from the boat answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. So here we have these two different perspectives. Jesus walking out on the water. I love how the Bible says that he was walking out on the water. There was no panic. I can just see this intentional, slow cadence, peacefully just walking across these waves and storm. And I love Peter's response in this story because Peter's in the boat with the disciples around all the chaos and panic and the storm. But Peter in faith calls out to God, says, if it's you, call me to walk out onto the water. What Peter's saying is, I I don't understand how this is going to work. But I have a little glimpse of the potential because you're there. I believe that I can be there too. And what I love is, is that he calls out to Jesus and says, call me onto the water, if that's you. In other words, he's saying, I don't know how this is going to pan out. I don't know how this is going to work. I think I see the potential. But one thing I do know is that I'm not going to do it without you. If you're not with me, I'm not going to be able to do this. It only makes sense with you. I'm only going to see a miracle if it's with you, if it's by your power. Would you call me out onto the water? Jesus says one word, come. Peter steps out of the boat, starts walking towards Jesus. Peter saw a glimpse of the potential that Jesus did. And he had faith that God would empower him to step into that gap, to close that distance. Church, if there's one thing that I want you to remember this morning, it's this, that every relationship in your oikos is brimming with potential to be a gospel miracle. Every relationship in your oikos is brimming with potential to be a gospel miracle. Now, what do I mean by a gospel miracle? I mean the miracle that is God reaching out in love and mercy taking a life that's full of chaos and panic and fear and transforming it into one that is full of faith and courage, forgiveness, and righteousness. Every relationship in your oikos is brimming with potential to be a gospel miracle. And the only way we're going to see that miracle is through the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. I pray as a church that as we interact with these 8 to 15 people that we are full of courage. That we have courage and faith to step into gaps much like my friend did that morning. He saw the potential 
You say, God, I, I'm, I'm not sure how this is gonna work out, but I know it's not gonna work out unless you're here and unless I take a step. And that's what he did. I pray that as we interact with our oikos, that we have that same faith and courage to do so. Now, if I'm introducing you to the person of Jesus for the first time this morning, or if you think that this story is, is irrelevant to, to where you are in life or maybe to where you are with God, then I want to share with you that, that he's a lot closer than you may feel. The very end of this story, it, it shows how Peter started to look at the waves and the chaos and the panic that was happening around him. And he started to sink. But notice what it says next. It says that Jesus reached out his hand and he pulled him up. The, this implies that Peter was within an arm's length of Jesus when he started to doubt. If you feel far from God, I want to assure you this morning that God is not far from you. And if you feel God calling you out into a relationship with him, into a life that's full of peace and comfort, if you feel that God is calling you to turn from your sin, to change your ways, and to turn your heart towards him this morning, I pray that you respond. We have a team of people that are waiting to call you and to walk with you on this journey. If you have decided to respond this morning, then, then leave us a message on Facebook. You can click on our website send us a contact form. You can even just comment in the comments below. Just write, I've decided to take my first step with Jesus. And someone will be in touch with you. Would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, God, we want to acknowledge first and foremost that you are in control of all things. And amidst the chaos, and amidst this storm that we're experiencing in our culture now. God, we know that you are in control. We know that you see things. Your word says that you see things far much greater than we do. You understand things far more than we do. And we trust in that in these moments, acknowledging that you are God and that you are sovereign over our lives. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see Encourage to step into opportunities to be ministers of the gospel to those people in our lives that you've called us to be salt and light, be a beacon of hope, and a beacon of love and mercy. God, I pray for courage. Give us courage to step into the gap and God, we know that it's only by the power of your Holy Spirit that we will see miracles. We will see gospel miracles. God, we want to honor you in all that we do. We want to place you ahead of all that we do. 
and here and we are surrendering these relationships to you. God saying, call us out. Call us out into those spaces. Call us out into the gap. And give us courage to take that step. God, we also want to pray for all that are affected by what's going on in the world today. God, you're the great physician. You are our healer. God, we pray for healing. We pray for understanding. Most of all, God, we pray for peace. The anxiety that this has stirred up in our culture, God. We pray that you give us eyes and a perspective of peace. Continue to give us opportunities to minister to more and more people. And we thank you for the ability to, to share this time together through technology. We keep us safe, keep us healthy, Father. And we want to pray all of these things through the power of your son, Jesus. Amen.